Well, hey, everybody, welcome back. This is Chris Mueller, and welcome to The Weekly Word. Now, what I've been doing is every week, what I do is I take a look at the Liturgy of the Word for the coming Sunday, and I just kind of try to prepare myself uh, to receive it at Mass. And so, you know, I've got six kids. Um, They range in age from 13 all the way until, you know, our brand new baby who's like two months old. And the reality is, as a dad, there's a lot of times at Mass where I just, I'm trying to be focused in on what's happening. But I've got, you know, like my six-year-old headbutting me because that apparently is his love language. Um, And so, you know, it's very important for me personally to get into the word. Now, I I don't think my experience is is that limited to me. I think there are a lot of people out there listening to this who, for whatever reason, we get to mass and maybe you don't have kids, but you're distracted. Or, Or maybe, you know, you've got a fantastic preacher in your parish. And so you're really getting fed by um by his you know his uh his homilies maybe not uh and so we need to kind of do a little work to prepare ourselves to receive what is being given in in the word and through the preaching and so we get into the word now again this isn't a replacement for the homily this isn't me saying oh i need to do this so that you can get something this is me saying let's prime the pump let's prepare our hearts let's till the soil so when we do go to mass and we do hear you know father preach or the deacon preach we're ready to receive it. We're not coming in dry. We've said, God, hey, prepare my heart for what you want to reveal. So with that said, let's jump into the gospel for this, or probably not just the gospel, in the Liturgy of the Word for this coming Sunday, March 4th. Now, in John's gospel, we're going to see a very familiar story. Jesus is in the temple, and the money changers are doing their thing. They are ripping people off. And so Jesus then braids a whip and goes out after them. He chases them out of, out of the temple. And people, you know, I think we miss that people are coming to Jerusalem from all over the world. They're coming with different currencies. And so what's happening is there's an exchange happening. They have to exchange their Greek or their Roman currency or the currency from wherever they are for the temple currency. And they also, um, when you go to the temple, you need to then sacrifice, you know, offer sacrifice. Well, you're not going to march from wherever you're coming in caravan with all of your livestock. You're going to much easier to buy sheep or doves or whatever was necessary um, for your temple sacrifice you would buy at the temple. And so people are, are doing that and they are just getting ripped off. I mean, you know, they're, oh, well, you know, we'll call it a service fee, right? They're getting hammered on this. And Jesus uh, obviously is upset. I mean, he is the Lord. He set up the law, right? He's the reason people are coming to offer sacrifice. And, and there's, they're, they're inhibiting people. They're, they're making a hindrance to people. They're taking advantage of people. They're taking away, and in a sense, probably, you know, if you're a person going to the temple to offer sacrifice and then you know you're getting scammed, doesn't that create resentment in your heart? Well, and, and how often is that resentment then misdirected, not at these people, but at the Lord who has asked the sacrifice of you? So Jesus is upset. So yeah, he braids a whip. He chases them out of the temple. But then um, it goes on to say, you know, that he also does signs and that people begin to come and believe in him. And this is where I, what really stood out to me this week is this last line um, from John chapter 2, verse 13 through 24. It says, but Jesus would not trust himself to them because he knew them all. And he did not need anyone to testify about human nature. He himself understood it well. I, I think we forget that. God um, God knows us. God created us. God created us in his image and his likeness. God knows us. And if you take that, that line about Jesus knows human nature well, and then you, you look at, you know, our first reading from Exodus, um, then you see in Exodus, God is giving the law, right? This is the, the giving of the Ten Commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the God, for the Lord will not leave unpunished one who takes his name in vain. What does take his name in vain? 
we've kind of meant that, uh, we've kind of changed that to mean, uh, don't, don't curse with the Lord's name, right? You can't say, oh, you can't say God, blankety blank, blank, you know, and, um, well, the Lord's name isn't God. We can get into that discussion later, but Lord is God. Um, but what does it mean to take in vain? Well, to use the Lord's name in vain would be to use it without expectation that God has power and authority to just use it like to, to pray without expecting God to hear it would be a vain use of the Lord's name. I mean, to be honest, anytime we use the name of the Lord and we don't, um, we don't attach that to the power, to the presence of the living God, then that's a vain use of his name. And how often do we do that? Why did God give us this law? Because God wants to remind us, he knows our nature, that it's so easy for us to forget who he is and for us to start supplanting who he is with who we are and wanting we, we project our faults and our failings on him, or even worse, we want to take his place in our lives. We want, we want to be the gods. So he says, don't take my name in vain. Remember, remember who I am. Um, he says, keep holy the Sabbath day, right? Well, God knows our nature. He knows that unless he asks a day of rest from us, we won't take a day of rest. And have you noticed something? Ain't nobody getting any rest. I mean, everybody's freaking tired. Um, uh, we're, we're busy. We're running around like crazy people. We're creating all of these things uh, to keep us busy, keep us occupied. And there's no rest in the human experience anymore, at least in the United States, probably Canada. We're just running around like crazy people. God told us to take rest. Why? Because it's good for us because he knows we need it. I think we have to take a hard look at our lives and say, am I, am I honoring that? Am I honoring God's asking me to take a Sabbath, a, a rest? And I, I don't. Personally, I need to work on this. As a family, we need to work on this. We need to build those times of quiet, of, of stillness into our life. He says, uh, honor your mother and uh, you're honor your mother and your father, right? Okay. Well, that's, you know, why? Because your, honor, your mother and your father are a, a human representation of the love of God, a human representation of the love of the Trinity. If you can't honor them who God put in authority over you, right, as a child, you are subject to your parents. Remember, Jesus made himself subject to Mary and Joseph. He honored them. We're supposed to honor our parents. Why? So we can honor our Father in heaven. Uh, if we can't honor those we see, how can we honor him who we don't see, right? And so we, we honor his authority in our parents. And by doing that, we give honor to him. It all goes back to him. You know, it goes on uh, uh, all these things, right? You know, and um, it, we, we know the Ten Commandments, or maybe we don't. You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male or female slaves, or his ox, or his ass, nor anything else that belongs to him. Why did God give us the law? Or us. God gave us the law for us. And, and the psalm goes on to say that, Lord, you have the words of everlasting life. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing to the soul. The decree of the Lord is trustworthy, giving wisdom to the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The command of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eye. We, God knows us. He knows us well enough to give us teaching that keeps us healthy that keeps us whole. And that teaching didn't stop, right? The church continues in, in apostolic teaching. We have scripture, continue that apostolic teaching. But then we also have the teachings of the Catholic church apostolic teaching. And we got to take a look at that and say some of these rules, some of these things that we, we feel so bound by that we, or we, we resist or resent, whether that's the church's teaching on tithing or the church's teachings on contraception or, or any number of these, the church's social teachings, we got to say, why, why does the church do that? To keep us healthy 
happy, to keep us healthy, to keep us whole, and keep us moving towards heaven. Um, These are the words of everlasting life. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The command of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eye. You know, I I think there's a tendency on the part of myself um, and, and most moderns to think I know better, right? You know, you know, we we know better than God about the Sabbath. We got rid of it completely, and now and now we see that the we have more people on antidepressants than ever before. Right? We we know better than the Lord on the sanctity of marriage. Right? So now we see divorces run rampant, and and the and the wreckage that that has left. We know better than the Lord on chastity. Right? We know that, and so we see the wreckage that widespread use of contraception outside of marriage has done, or the widespread use of contraception in marriage has done. Um, we know better than the Lord. I, I just got to kind of look at the law of the Lord there, the Ten Commandments, and say, well, what if? What if we honored them? I, I look at the teachings of the church, you know, on, on the in, indissolubility of marriage or on openness to life or tithing, and I go, well, what if? You know, maybe, maybe God is smarter. Maybe God does know better than me. You know, um, Corinthians, St. Paul kind of locks it up. In, in, and, and it's this, I love it when we have this kind of, I hate the word synergy, but when we have this synergy between the reading, St. Paul in Corinthians says, the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than the human heart. Hey, this liturgy of the word is a challenge to me on my places of rebellion, my places of uh, pride, my places of, of conflict with church teaching, with scriptural truth, where I want to say to God, no, no, I, I trust me more than I trust you. I have to remember that. Even if God's law seems silly, like I'm going to tell you it's wiser than human wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you struggle with. I don't know if you're, you know, I want you to read these readings yourself. Get into the liturgy of the word. Um, open your Bible. You don't even know to open your Bible. Go to the Catholic Bishop's website, usccb.org. Read the liturgy for March 4th, and then whatever stands out to you, maybe chew on that. This is what's standing out on me. There's some conviction here. And, and, I, and I think, I hope, I hope that's speaking into some of your lives too. Hey, um, I hope you have a great Sunday. I hope uh, if the podcast is blessing you, go ahead and share it with friends. Um, I would love for you to do that. And also, I'm going to ask you again, go check out chrismuller.co. That's my website, chrismuller.co. Click the link for the Chris Mueller Project. What you're going to see is we are working on a TV show for Catholic families that is not like any Catholic TV show you have ever seen before. I think it's really, really going to serve the church, but we need your help to make it possible. We've had some fantastic support from a number of donors. You won't necessarily see that on that page, on our on our crowdfunding page. But if you would like to donate, you can do it right there. Or if you'd like to send maybe a little bit larger monetary support, as some have, you can contact me directly through Chris Mueller. God bless you guys. We will see you next week.